Well, I'll give a brief recap for those of you who weren't with us last week, and this is real brief. Last week I started a three-week series on neighboring, and I won't go through all the statistics and everything, but it's just amazing what happens when there are strong neighborhoods and strong neighbors. And in fact, a group of pastors got together up in the greater Denver area back in 2009, went to the city council and the mayor and said, what could we do that would really improve the quality of life in our community? And basically the mayor said, be good Christians, do what Jesus told you to do. Specifically, this is a quote from one of the mayors there, says, the majority of the issues that our community is facing would be eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. And of course, Jesus told us how to do that. And in fact, Jesus told us we should do that. But we're all up against the clock, right? Time is a big impediment for most of us in, in our way. So the question is, how do we effectively use our time such that we can add new relationships to it? I mean, most of us would say, for crying out loud, I'm doing enough already. I've got to, I don't need another relationship in my life, much less seven or eight, right? How many of you have ever said, there aren't enough hours in the day? Right? Right? A, a lot of us have, right? And as I, as, as I told the folks at 8.30, that borders on blasphemy. Because I was in a men's Bible study 13 or 14 years ago, it seems like, and I was set straight. There, was a, there are exactly the right amount of hours in a day because that's the way God made it. And for me to want to change that is to put me in a position that I'm not qualified to be in quite simply. So there are exactly the right amount of hours in a day. The question is, again, is not time management, it's event management. And how do we use those hours? Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we might gain wisdom of heart. Teach us to number our days. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, teach us to number our days. Teach us to love our neighbors. Not just the ones that we decide are our neighbors, but all of our neighbors. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. I can't find any place in the scripture where Jesus ever got in a hurry. Moreover, when he was in the process of doing something, when he was interrupted, he took the time to attend to the people who interrupted him. And when you think about it in the scope of all that he did in his life with purpose and passion, that's an amazing characteristic.
I mean, think of the time. I mean, he was going places. He was interrupted by lepers. He healed them. He was interrupted by blind people. He healed them. And just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Mark chapter 5. When Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, he got, which was an interruption, by the way, he got interrupted again by the woman with the issue of blood. He took care of that issue, and he went on. So what can we do in our lives so that we can accommodate interruptions to show love to those around us? Now, the simple answer is, is, is like Jesus said, to keep the main thing the main thing, right? To keep our eyes on loving God and loving our neighbor and letting all the other stuff slough away. But most of us are not very good at that. I try to do things to, uh, to get better. I mean, after that's why I'm a Methodist. We believe in going on to perfection, right? We're, we're not there yet, so we, have, so we have a good theology of sanctification, so we get better and better. But we are supposed to get better and better. That's part of it. Well, so I believe the first thing in keeping the main thing the main thing is for us to, to get rid of a few lies some people might call them myths, but I, w I prefer to use the term lie that we suffer under. The first one is, is someday everything will settle down, right? <laughs> Hogwash, right? It's not going to happen, you know. Everything will settle down about 10 minutes after they throw you in the ground, right? That's, that's when things will settle down. Life is just not structured that way. So it's pointless to say, well, you know, if I wait till a week from Wednesday, everything will be okay, and I can get that done. Or wait, we'll just wait till school's out, and then it'll be summertime, and there'll be all sorts of free time to do things, right? And I can get it done. Things aren't going to settle down. There's always going to be something to do. It's going to be in front of us, each and every one of us, as long as we live. The next lie that I would like to dispel that would help us keep the main thing the main thing is more will give me enough. More will give me enough. You know, if I only had, as I uh, spoke about earlier, more hours in the day. If I only had more shoes. If I only had more whatever, I would be content right? It's a lie. It's a, it's, a perf it's, perfect, it's a perfectly big lie. More of anything that we are coming up with like that is not going to bring contentness. The only more of anything that's going to bring contentness is more love, more relationships with people in our lives that really mean something. The last one that I wanted to spell is, is well, everybody lives that way. No, everybody doesn't live that way. There are some people, and there are, there are I, I would think there, there may be some among us who have actually learned to live with the main thing being the main thing, like Jesus was talking about, and not constantly getting distracted by everything under the sun. It's all a matter of keeping our priorities straight. Now, there's, that, there's the... Uh, the brain teaser about the three buckets. Now, all three buckets are not full, 
but they're all over half full. And one of them's full of sand, one of them's full of water, and one of them's full of rocks. Your task, should you decide to accept it, is to put all th the contents of all three buckets in one bucket. The trick is, again, like keeping the main thing the main thing and being good witnesses to the world and through that by establishing relationships with our neighbors is a matter of priorities. You put the rocks in first, then you pour in the sand and you can shake it around the rocks to where it fills in and then you pour in the water and then you've got everything in one bucket. And that's very analogous to the bucket of 24 hours that each of us is given daily. It's what, we, it's what we fill that bucket up with that's important. Now Jesus, believe it or not, had a few things to say about that. And that's our, our scripture this morning that Jesse already told us about in Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, I'd say, I don't like this translation. I think it's, she came to him and whined, okay? <laughs> Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Well, look at that. Martha was doing something good. I mean, she was. No question about it. No question about it. She was doing, not only was she doing something good, she was doing something that was culturally appropriate and culturally accepted. She was being hospitable, and we're supposed to be hospitable. No question about it. And I encourage hospitality. We, we all need to be more hospitable, all of us. She was being hospitable. She was taking care of her guest. She was, she was trying to prepare a meal for him and all that. But see, isn't this really the rub? Most of us don't, when we're, when we're going through our day, when we're doing things, most of us don't say, well, let me see. Am I going to do something good or something really evil? Right? No, we don't worry. It's, it's always a question between different things that are good to do. And this is, this is where the priority part comes in. Now, Mary realized that Jesus was not going to be around forever and that this was a very, very special occasion. She might have had an advantage over us. Sometimes we are given special occasions and we don't realize it. We don't realize it. And maybe that's one of the things that gets us distracted from keeping the main thing the main thing. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's really not going to matter uh, 
next week if my shirt wasn't ironed today, right? You know, some people may think I'm a slob, but it's it's re it's really not going to matter if I if if I if I chose to help somebody out or do something for somebody else instead of taking the time to get to the laundry, right? Or, or heaven forbid, break out the iron, right? You know, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we have to keep our priorities straight. Jesus actually reprimanded Martha for doing something good. Think about that. It's, a, it's pretty incredible. Now, how do we do this? The next way we do it is we eliminate the time wasters. We eliminate the useless things out of our lives. You know? Now, yes, there's a proper place for recreation and relaxation. We all need it. God created us that way. God also made provision. We're supposed to work for six days, you know. A two-day weekend was not God's idea. Uh, I hate to shock anybody, but anyway. Uh, we're supposed to work for six days and rest for a day. We're supposed to take time to rest. But most of us are guilty of watching too much TV, hanging out on Facebook too much, playing too many video games, or whatever else, what other vice you may have, you know, which in and of themselves may not be evil, but they're useless. They're pretty much useless if we, if we abuse them. Some of you have had the privilege of going to Florence and seeing Michelangelo's David. And if you haven't, I would, I would think that the vast majority of folks in here this morning have at least seen pictures of it, or maybe even reproductions of it. When Michelangelo was asked about making that, he said, you know what? He said, I started out with a piece of granite. And it was a big piece of granite. He said, I started out with a piece of granite, and all I did was eliminate everything that wasn't part of the masterpiece. And I think that's what God is calling us to do. And I think that's what Jesus was calling Martha to do. And then lastly, to make ourselves available, to keep the main thing the main thing, we have to establish a lifestyle where we are interruptible, where we can, where we can bounce back from a minor interruption. John Ortberg, a lot of y'all are familiar with John Ortberg, a Presbyterian pastor from out in California. Some of you may have done some of his Bible studies. John Ortberg coined a term called hurried sickness. And he says that hurry and love are not compatible. He said you can't be hurried and love somebody at the same time. You have to learn to slow down. You have to take it easy. They aren't compatible. And again, we don't think of Jesus as being hurried. I want you to ask yourselves a couple of questions as you leave. The first one is, again, I'll remind you, as I said last week, all of us are only capable of doing a few things well. Shouldn't one of those things that we do well be what Jesus told us was most important? And ask yourself, 
what is it what is it in my life that's keeping me distracted from keeping the main thing the main thing and then ask God say God what is the main thing that you would have me focus on in my life go in peace and as you go go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.